everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is podcast number 104. Uh, today we're just going to be going over what we've been watching, followed by a review of the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Old. Uh, without further ado, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you And we're back on our bullshit, just the three of us again. So, think I'll uh, switch it up this time because uh, someone had an issue with uh, my comments last episode. So, I will start off with the one, the only, James Ring. I swear to God, if you're going to play the bill again, I was like, you're so fucking wrong <laughs> right now. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's what I was saying because um, someone so, said something last time. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't care. I know. Um, I, know. I guess, I mean, I saw I saw quite a few uh, 2021 films, actually, for the most okay, part. So I've been we can back skip to this the one theater. Then. Me and Mikey have been using our, our pass for the most part. Because <laughs> um, back. Supposedly. Maybe not. I don't know. We're just getting as much as we can before we shut down again. One thing I do want to bring up first was on uh, Netflix here. I know Nabil watched them all. I don't know if you caught up on them, Marco, but I finished out the uh, Fear Street trilogy. So oh, I started with uh, part one with 1994, part two with 1978, and then part three was 1666. Um, so with that being said, um, the trilogy's done. They're all three on Netflix. They release every Friday. I liked them all. I gotta say, I, I don't, I don't really want to go into too much on that. I just more of a follow up with the, because um, mm-hmm. I talked about the first one last time. So, I thought they stuck the landing really well with the um, ending. I didn't really know what to expect from the uh, 1666 third movie, but I actually liked the way that it goes back and kind of explains the whole origins of the um, kind of trilogy itself. And I, I thought it was a really well done set of movies. And if you're a horror fan, I would highly recommend um, checking them out. So. It kind uh, of felt like an event saw, movie, too, almost. Right? Yeah, yeah I, I saw them all. I thought I, what I liked about it is that it was something to look forward to each week for the just oh, yeah, three weeks, weeks, but like a nice little event thing. Every Friday, seen right? Yeah, yeah. Every Friday, I was like, I want to check this out. This looks so cool. Yeah, so, yeah. I didn't get a chance so to watch fun. the yeah. the other two. I did watch the first yeah. one and really, really did enjoy it. Um, I haven't checked out the other ones because I, I didn't know I was supposed to watch them with someone. So whoopsies. So now I got to wait to finish the series. But um, I, I'm excited because I've heard <laughs> mostly positive reviews about it. So um, and I really enjoy the first one. So I'm excited to yeah finish up the trilogy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another one I saw in theaters. I went and saw Escape Room Tournament Champions. This is a sequel to the I want to say 2018 or 2019 movie. I, I think it's 2019. 2019. I Maybe. 2019? I think it was the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked that movie. Just the first movie I thought was a kind of underrated gem. So this movie itself is a, a continuation of the events of the first film, which finds the heroine and hero of the first movie in another set of traps set up by this sinister company, basically, and they're trying to uncover what's going on. But as a fan of Escape Rooms myself, too, I think this is a movie that is really well-paced, uh, has very likable characters, and... It's pretty smartly written. Even by the end, there's a bit of a twist that was kind of like, eh. But for the most part, the whole movie, I, I really enjoyed. So another horror film kind of. I, I kind of think of it more as a thriller, though. I don't think it's really like scary. Not as graphic. They're more like, no, not at all. I mean, they're PG-13, and on top of that, they're, I don't think they're really like, uh, I mean, they're stuck in rooms where they have to figure out and puzzle solve to get out of them. I mean, so. But yeah, you can die in the room, obviously, but it, it's not really, 
like a scary movie. Does that make sense? Like a like oh my god, a jump scares and stuff. It's not puzzles like and mysteries. No. Sounds like a twist. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> and that's why I like them. So if you guys have never seen them, uh, I would recommend these mo- these two sets of movies. I thought the first one didn't do well. And then I saw that it actually made quite a lot of money. And I was like, oh, okay. I just didn't see it in theaters. So that's, you know, not a lot of times when I don't see something in theaters, I'm still like, oh, this ain't going to do well. But no, it did really well. And I think this one did decent. So they kind of hint at like maybe there might be one more, but it actually wraps up pretty nicely at the end of this one. So even if they don't make any more, I actually like the direction that these films went. So right on. And then lastly, I saw Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe Origins movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I know when Bill saw it too, so he's going to chime in on this too. And this was a movie that, truthfully, like even going off the trailers, I don't think it looked that good. It looked like all the previous two uh, live action iterations of the G.I. Joe films have been pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And this one, it kind of continues that trend because it is, um, it, the plot itself is, I mean, you're, it's the origins of Snake Eyes, the, um, Ninja Master, I guess, right? Nibel, I guess you might yeah, say. They're ninjas. I, I, as a side note, too, I was never into G.I. Joe's as a kid. That was a little bit before my time. So It's one wow. of those things where I think Henry Golding did a good job, but the storyline itself is so fucking bad by the end of it that it does not make a lot of sense, and they, they dip into even kind of... I mean, I guess it's based on G.I. Joe, so I, am I shocked, yeah. right? I mean, it's based on G.I. Joe. They don't bring in the G.I. Joe element of it until like the third act, though. You know, really? Yeah, and truthfully, when they do bring in that GI Joe act to the third act, it's like it's not it's not even needed. Truth yeah. be told, it's one of those things that seems very shoehorned in, and it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of just there to remind you, like, hey, look, this is a GI Joe movie, and here's some characters that connect to the overall universe. Because obviously, they're trying to expand it out and stuff. But I don't know. I didn't think it was. I, I didn't care by the end. It was one of those movies that I was starting to kind of like even fall asleep during. I, I, I got dozing off <laughs> like two or three times during the movie. So I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so Henry yeah. Goldberg's character, yeah. it's like he's an asshole. And then he's not he, likable, by the way. He doesn't have a hero's arc, right? So he's like <laughs> a bad guy. I mean, and hold a jerk, on, hold on. And then, he does. He does, but, technically. But there's like no redemption though because everybody kind of just forgives him for everything I that act- he does. <laughs> I actually like- was watching it with Mikey and I I looked over at one point and said this guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Like, like I feel yeah. for the uh the other character Tommy and like the reasons he's upset with N- Snake Eyes and it's like yeah. Why like like yeah I see your perspective. I would be pissed off too. He's like taking everything away from you and you've only been nice to him, you know. And like everybody turns super, it back, and then yeah, it's a movie where like people, uh, I guess they expect you to like trust somebody after they betray you three times. Like Jesus, Christ. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I, I feel like it's a the script was for like some generic ninja thing, and then they're like, you know what, we could make this into a GI Joe thing, and somebody no, picked it up for Snake no. Eyes. There's all Cobra because there's Cobra references too, at the very last act, the first two no, acts, like it's the middle, because that's the not middle, even Snake bit, Eyes' origin. Bit. That's like not even the same thing as what he was in the cartoon show. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> like I said, I got no reference. So I don't know. I, I mean, I watched the, the cartoon when I was a kid. Yeah, I know. I'm all it's common theme, whatever. But I, I don't it. really yeah. remember. I don't know if they ever had his origin in the cartoon. I don't think they did. Dude, it was just a show to sell toys, just like Transformers. Oh, no yeah, exactly. They, they built it around I'm the gonna, toys. I'm going to give a little spoiler here. 
because they show it all in the trailer. But a lot of the the bigger scenes, first of all, they they ruin uh, who Storm Shadow is in the trailer, which is ridiculous. And then I think you're supposed to kind of already know who he is, though. Yeah, but still, like it would have been at least a kind of a reveal. He's the only dude wearing white. He's the only right. dude wearing white. <laughs> and then they show Snake Eyes in his uniform or his his armor, whatever it is. Um, mind you, didn't earn it. But he gets it. At he's the, just giving it, yeah. Yeah, he's just giving it. And uh, that's at the very end of the film. You just kind of see him there. So I knew, by the way, going off that trailer, I knew that was going to be the end of the movie. No. It looked like it. I was like, I know this is going to be the end. So I will say the action was really good, but they did the whole shaky cam thing. So you don't actually, it's a martial arts film. I want to see them fighting. What's up with the fucking shaky cam all that's over how the place? You bad, that's how you hide bad choreography. I mean,. It looked like it was good choreography, though. I mean, the scenes that they cut to quickly <laughs> made it look like it was pretty good. I was like, I'd like to actually see these action film uh, scenes. So that was yeah, pretty I could I could tell on that one too, especially the first fight scene. Bill, they do like something like seven cuts just to the flip them over the table. I'm like, oh God. yeah, it's like so, really, guys. Like, I didn't like it either. I was like, I don't know who's fighting who. So yeah, so that was kind of hard to keep track of, especially because they they actually looked entertaining, like very well choreographed to what they were doing with all the swords and everything, and they just mm-hmm. kind of cut through everything really quickly, so you really couldn't keep a single eye on, on Henry Golding and watch him try to kick some ass. It's like okay, I guess this is this is what we're doing. I so. like him as an actor, though. I'll give him, like yeah, I said, I'll give really him that good. much. Oh yeah, he did everything he could with the script. He was very, he himself was was really good in it. It's just the character, the writing. There was just no redemption for him. I didn't, I didn't see how he could be rooting for this character as a. So, yeah. so then no uh, recommendation for this one. Skip it is what you're saying. I would you're say not, watch it when it's like at yeah, home, like for. You're not missing like, out not watching it, but I mean, you know, you can watch it and you'd you'd be mildly entertained. Okay, makes sense. I mean, if you have like a free pass or something to see it, like that's how I. Yeah. I mean, no, not even. I saw it on IMAX too. So. Did you? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. I thought you know I was like big. It's like an action movie. We don't get a lot of those yeah. anymore. So I'm like, let me check it out. But uh, yeah, me and Mikey both were like, Ugh, I don't know if we need to see that. So yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. I thought it was pretty terrible. So. Uh, and that's that's all pretty much I've been watching. So. Nice. Seems like you were pretty busy as usual, which is awesome. Uh, what about uh, yeah. you, Nabil? What have you been watching? Uh, or reading? I've watched quite a few or playing? I didn't ask James that. No, no reading. No reading. Um, I did finally beat uh, Super Mario Brothers 3D, uh, the Bowser's Fury game. So that's there's that. Nice. I was, there, there wasn't really much note of the game outside of it being entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't have you played that, James. Uh, I played the original. I didn't play Bowser's Fury, obviously, because that's only on the Switch. But I've played the original yeah. uh, Mario uh, 3D World, right? Right. Bowser's Fury. Yeah, on Wii is, U back in the day. So it's more like Odyssey. I haven't really played much of Odyssey, just what I've seen. But it's more open world esque. So it's like playing that button. You just kind of open world to different islands, and then do the challenges yeah. there, and you have to get so many stars um, to beat kind of Bowser. So that's. I've heard nothing but good things, truth be told. Yeah. It's just, I, unfortunately, I already beat that main game, so I don't know if it's justified to play 60 bucks just to play like No, that it'd be good like as a $25, maybe even a $30 DLC. I, w- I wish it was standalone, actually, to tell you the truth, because yeah. if it was, then I would, would definitely pick it up, because I obviously have never played it. So, mm-hmm. uh, But I did get a chance to watch a movie. I saw uh, doc- the recent documentary, Roadrunner. It's a film about Anthony Bourdain uh, that just came out. 
Uh, it's basically a documentary about Anthony Bourdain and his career as a chef. It also goes through him as a writer and then a host of this travel shows that he did. Um, of course, he's also revered and renowned for his uh, more authentic and grounded approach to food, culture, and travel. It's directed by Morgan Neville, who also did Won't You Be My Neighbor for about um, uh, Mr. Rogers out in 2018. So... It's when I was getting into it, I was worried that there was going to be more focus on his death and the controversy that was around his, you know, his suicide and what, you know, how that all played out. But they actually did go through his life and how he got into the entertainment business from being a chef and talked a little bit about his just briefly didn't talk too much about his addiction, but that he had an addiction and then what what was driving him throughout his period of doing his his two or three travel shows up until um, the end. It was a very, very touching uh, story. Uh, Very interesting to see how he was the last couple years of his life um, and how he kind of changed. And they they kind of touch on that with the people that they interview. They interview a couple of his ex-wives, well, one of his ex-wives and um, a lot of the people that worked on his shows, so his producers and some of the production crews. So that was really good in, um, perspectives on there. It's not like overly dramatic in a sense that you're going to, it's not, it's not a piece where like, we're going to hit you with facts and you're going to be shocked by all this information. It's more just kind of a telling of a man and the inspiration he kind of gave and, and what, what drove him to, to where he was. So, um, I don't know if you guys have ever really been interested in Anthony Bernane or, or ever followed any of his, his shows or read his books or, or anything like that, but uh very very fascinating man and uh, very passionate about just like being authentic and food and and traveling around the world so it was, it was really good perspective um of a guy that i really admired at the time uh throughout his and you know kind of looked up to his career i will right, say the movie is being trashed right now because of Ooh. a pretty unethical use of ai that they yeah. use in this yeah so it's uh, a very they, they, small they, scene it's like one part yeah. and it got way too much controversy and didn't need it. Like, I get yeah. it, and I, I do find it troublesome, but... It may be scattered like throughout a bit more as well, apparently, but the director also didn't get, like, any family approval on it, too, and all this. No, so he that's didn't. That's why a lot yeah. of people are Ooh. kind of boycotting this movie a bit. But, yeah. you know... It's really... it's <clears throat> As far as I could tell, it's one one scene. It's a throwaway... Lo- it's not a throwaway. It's, it's an important scene, but... I think he reads an entire letter, which would have never been something he ever recorded, too. Right. He wouldn't have read it. They, it, they would have just been yeah. fine having the person who he addressed it to read it, because they interviewed him as well. Uh, so they kind of have the guy read it, and then they lead into the AI thing, so that was weird. But the rest of it, it, which, it was all stock yeah. footage of him speaking, so it wasn't like, as far as I could tell, any other use of the AI... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it weird. it's strange that this is like a. Uh, it, it raises the question of like, is this a morally, or ethically correct to do? You know, all right, just because you're trying to do it, and and the fact that you're not open about it and it's not credited about it, and the fact that they went and like reconstructed a man's voice to further benefit a movie that they're making that he probably wouldn't have never signed off on. All right, so that's yeah. where I think. The controversy. I only want to bring it up because I mean, if we don't bring it up, someone's gonna bring it up. But yeah. true. Uh, I know that's a big thing going on right now with this one in the last two weeks. So it's it's but just I mean, an example. I probably will check it out. So yeah, I, I guess it's an example of like good intentions gone wrong. I guess like I guess they weren't trying yeah. to be disrespectful yeah. or anything, but like you gotta just you got it sucks, but you gotta go through the right channels in order to get that done, especially nowadays and stuff with 
identity theft and, and stuff if you like listen that, to the you know? interview with him when he's talking about it he's the director's pretty proud of it i think is i think that's what rubbed people the wrong <laughs> oh, way shit. he thought it was, was pretty fascinating like, because of the ai <laughs> like, like, this. something cool and it's like yeah he literally dude, is almost okay. doing like a gotcha moment like gotcha guys and everyone's like wait what the fuck <laughs> he and stabbed the himself on the back like he's like we gotta stop this interview he's like what yeah. so i think that's really what rubbed people the wrong way was his kind of overall non-careness toward it i think is so yeah. i would say i didn't think he would he i like, like yeah. marco said the the fact that he, I don't think he was trying to be disrespectful. He just thought it was something cool and no, was proud of it. And then didn't realize, oh, no, this wasn't okay. <laughs> kind of. I was like, you in the wrong businesses throw that shit around. I would have kept that in the locks. Like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> don't say a thing, you know. Yeah. Um, His PR guy was probably losing his shit on the sidelines. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody would have known if he didn't say anything. Like, As- aside dude, from no that. Aside from that, so would you recommend it if Sounds you're a fan of <laughs> Anthony Bourdain or if you ever watch the shows or anything? Oh, yeah. I, d- I definitely recommend it. It gave me okay. some perspective on the guy. I didn't even know about his history. Um, cool. So it, it's a very interesting story. Like I said, it's not like a too heavy hitting, but uh, very interesting kind of perspective, uh, just retrospective of the man and, and what kind of driven through him. And like I said, they focus okay. more on on everything after becoming a chef so his travel shows and everything that part of it after his book essentially gift kitchen confidential that's basically where they started and then going into the rest of the uh, his life so um yeah, very, yeah i'll very, definitely check it out unless um unless it gets banned or whatever but yeah right <laughs> <laughs> at this point maybe i should go oh, see it outside of that i've also got a chance to see another film that i've been wanting to see for a while it's an older well it feels like it's an older film but i guess it really isn't that old uh i got to see greenland that came out in 2020. Uh, it stars Gerard Butler and Marina Baccarin, uh, and also was directed by Rick Roman Waugh, who did Angels Fallen in 2019. Uh, it's essentially, well, at least it's billed as a disaster film, but it's more like a sur- the family surviving this disaster by trying to find each other film. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nabil. <laughs> it's... I think I it's told the, you we me and Nabil talked about this earlier last week, and I think I described it as a uh, a lot of mistakes happen in these families. Like it's one of those movies where like, damn it, gotta go back to the car. Now I lost my right. family. Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, it seems. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, it looks like a very realistic approach to how things might play out um, if some kind of real disaster happened. Um, not necessarily the disaster, which is basically a comet is coming to hit the Earth or a meteor or something like that, but um, the events that unfold that that take part during it like people trying to find shelter and like the government's kind of uh take on what what they are planning to do all that seemed kind of like okay this might actually be the real thing that happened so that was an interesting perspective it wasn't like some random dude that's like i'm trying to find a way to save my family it's like no he's he's been called <laughs> and up also to solve the problem that's happening with the asteroid it's exactly. not like that at all no not at all so. But I, I kind of like that. It, it was different. I was I I'd probably say I want a little bit more of the disaster element because it's mostly, I, and maybe that's what the film was really about. But it's mostly the people that you have to worry about around you. I mean, at one point they're like ki- there's a couple like kidnapping uh, other people, and it's like oh shit, this could really happen. <laughs> okay. Try to take these people to to um, survival the of the fittest, right? Yeah, technically. And it gets a little weird at the end, but it's not fake. And, and like, there's a plane crash, and it isn't like Gerard Butler's character saying, "I know how to suddenly fly a plane. I'll try to save everybody." Like, no, there's a plane crash. <laughs> Shit really happens. They're trying to find a way to save themselves. So. That would have been so, hilarious if he did say that. Yeah. 
So it's it's an interesting take on it, where it's, because I think it's more grounded and realistic, and um, I like that aspect of it. And I also have a soft spot for Gerard Butler, so it makes me like it a little bit more than probably it, it deserves. So <laughs> this got, I mean, this got pretty well received when it yeah, first came out. Yeah, pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's on HBO Max. Is is where I kind of caught it on there. It was. Um, I was interested to see it, and James had told me how much he actually liked it. He was surprised that he liked it as much as he did as well. So, yeah, um, I saw yeah. a screener of it actually last year, virtually, and it was better than I thought it would be. I, I wasn't super in love with it, but I, it was. I mean, because you see that trailer, and the trailers like you think you'd know everything about that trailer. You know, I, yeah. it's almost advertised like Nabil said as like a like a 2012 kind of film, which it it All right. it is not. Because it only kind of like initially happens and everyone's just panicking and shit. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'll say. I won't spoil it. But uh, I actually like how it ends actually too. Yeah. It's a so. it's a really, it's a good ending. Um, and it kind of leaves it open to saying, you know, so what do we do next kind of situation, which is, which is cool. And again, it's just not overly dramatized. That's what it is. It's not, it's, it's, it just seems much more grounded. And I like that about the film. So that's that it's it's a good movie i'd recommend watching it if you haven't already seen it i don't know if you've seen it marco but definitely uh worth the watch i have not i remember hearing about it but i never really looked into it or anything it's it sounds interesting yeah but uh yeah maybe i'll check it out we'll see oh, and that's that's pretty much what i've been watching what about you marco what have uh, kept you busy for the last couple of weeks well, I saw a couple of older movies. Uh, the first one is uh, The Lost Boys, the 1987 dark comedy oh, horror, which I didn't really know was considered a, a dark comedy. Is I it guess dark I comedy? was, I always thought it was considered yes. uh, like just a thriller horror, but apparently that's what it's labeled as. So it's kind of weird. It has some but, funny moments in it. Yeah, oh yeah, it does. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's directed by Joel Schumacher, the late Joel Schumacher, who is best known for <laughs> Batman Forever, The Big and- Chill, a movie I've been telling you guys to watch forever. <laughs> Batman and Robin. No, no, he's done a few other things. Like yeah, The Big Chill. He's done Eight Millimeter as well. But for the uninitiated, he actually used to do like really dark films, actually, which is why people were kind of excited when he got the Batman project originally. But anyway, the lost boys is basically about, uh, two, uh, young guys, Michael Emerson and his brother, Sam, um, who are played by, uh, Jason Patrick and Corey Heim. And they move to basically it's, it's Santa Cruz, but, uh, they changed the name to Santa Carla, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is sounds similar to, uh, Santa Clara County, but whatever. I guess they weren't allowed to use the Santa Cruz name when they filmed there because uh, in in the fictional movie, it's considered like the like murder, like it's like a high murder rate city. So they didn't want Santa Cruz associated with that. But anyway, they move here after their mom's been divorced and the two brothers start hanging around the boardwalk late at night. And basically the older brother, Michael, comes across these uh group of guys that are in like a motorcycle gang uh led by uh Kiefer sutherland who plays david and eventually michael just notices david's love interest star and becomes infatuated with her follows her the next night like not in a creepy way but just you know goes to hang out the boardwalk to see if she's still there and gets goaded into following the group of 
motorcycle gang into like this like cave uh, near the near the beach and come to discover that they have him drink you know a red liquid and he basically turns into like he discovers that they're actually vampires and none of that is a spoiler because it happens within like the first like 15 20 minutes of the movie it goes by really fast and the film's also like 25 years old exactly if, you, old, so. if you've More been asleep, that, dude yeah Shit. If you've been under a rock like I have and haven't seen the movie, because it's my first time seeing it, actually. Wait, this is your I'd, first time seeing it? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd Didn't never seen that. it. Yeah. I'd never seen Lost Boys. Everybody kept telling me to watch The Lost Boys, and I finally got to see it. So I don't know. Bro, you, you look like one of the Lost Boys in high school. I mean, I can't believe you seen didn't see that shit. Wow. You never got the references, then. Oh, shit. Oh, man. I will say Alex Winter is also in it, and his character's name is Marco. Alex Winter is from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. He dresses pretty interesting this one. <laughs> he fucking does, and he's got a, the biggest the mullet. Everyone in this yep. has got a mullet, and it's yep. great. Kiefer Sutherland is... Uh, he's really good in this movie. He's really good at being, like, fucking creepy and shit, and when, they're, uh, when they invite michael over and they're they're taunting him and they're doing the you know the vampire parlor tricks like they're eating chinese food and and they're about to eat chow mein he's like oh why are you eating worms and like he's eating he looks and he sees worms i'm like oh so this is where that where that originated from or uh they give him some steamed rice and then uh he looks down and he sees maggots and they're all just like laughing at him and stuff you see, like, whenever the, the vampires go out to feed on uh, people, like, around the boardwalk, around the beach, they like you see this aerial view, this creepy aerial view, and it's like it's them flying. You never really see them flying, but they just, Joel Schumacher just uses these camera angles that just look creepy and funny at the same time. And you just see people getting grabbed by nothing and getting lifted into thin air, and it's, it's, it's got, like, this eerie feeling. The soundtrack is also fire in this fucking movie. It is <laughs> yeah. straight up yeah, like good. 80s music played by XNXX. So if you're into that, and check it out. But it's it's really good. It's it's filmed very very well. There are creepy scenes to it. Uh, it's got a comedic element to it also because Corey Feldman is in it. And he plays this dude named Edgar Frog who's like a self-proclaimed vampire hunter along with his his buddy alan frog it's they're the, the frog brothers i guess or whatever so it's kind of cool because he's just like trying to act tough and stuff and he knows all this lore from vampires from reading comic books and he tries to get uh, michael's little brother like sam into it and try to convince him that there's vampires around town and then eventually they discover that sam's older brother is like part of the group and then they go off to try to, to hunt these guys down and i'm not going to give out the rest but um there is a spoiler ending uh in uh, not a spoiler ending, I'm sorry, a twist ending to this that you can totally see a mile away, but it's just like, it's still kind of cool that, you know, they, they added a twist at the end of the movie. Um, overall, like I thought it was, it was entertaining, man. It was really cool. It's, it's, it's badass. It's a cult classic. Um, it's, it's got a perfect blend of, of horror, thriller, comedy, um, a little bit of action when they start to fight the vampires towards the end. And yeah, uh, pretty well directed. Uh, I, I really like the the way that Joel Schumacher blended all these things into into the movie. It's kind of sad that his legacy is more known for like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and like movies like Lost I think Boys. That's just between get people like our age, though, man. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because like I but, like I told you, there, he has really good movies, man. Like 
Yeah, you, just, you gotta just look into it. Like those are his later films. And shit, but it's but. it's con- it's considered one of the earlier movies or one of the like early modern movies that that modernized vampires and like stopped making them look like fucking Dracula all the fucking time. But made them look like yeah. See, even Bailey agrees. Started to make them look like regular people. You know, well, not necessarily regular. They're like in leather jackets and shit, but still, like, they blend in with society. Or like that, or like Fright Night, like those 80s vampire yeah. film stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, try to add, like, a bit of, but, like, realism to it. I know, Bailey, sorry. I was going to say it. I, I meant I meant to say earlier, too, by the way, it's it's St. Elmo's Fire you made, not Big Chill. I was swapping directors there. But oh, yeah, 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 St. Elmo's Fire, which is another really good movie, by the way that i recently saw so look i'm knocking out joel schumacher movies maybe i should do eight millimeter next yeah. james recently did that one so yeah yeah see i, I pay did. attention i stalk you so I, uh, it, it also introduced an like interesting movie just to let you guys know <laughs> <laughs> it also introduced a very interesting element which i guess is kind of a spoiler not really who gives a shit it's an older movie but the whole half vampire thing because i guess there's there's one head vampire and everyone else is kind of like a like a half vampire so they can be quote-unquote daywalkers so michael's character is allowed to walk around in the daylight he's still kind of thirsting for blood but he's not fully converted so i yeah. thought that was pretty interesting and kind of cool so i was like yeah that's that's where all this shit came from and it's probably some of the shit that what we do in the shadows mocked that I that went right over my fucking head. And when I saw this movie, I'm like, oh, I get those references now. Okay, yeah, it helped. It. it helped inspire classic, you know, the Twilight series. It's wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, I would highly recommend it if you're into vampire movies or if you are into like realistic vampire movies, I guess, because it. it Again, like I said, it, it helped start that trend. Realistic. And it was, <laughs> I was like, realistic? <laughs> okay. To, I mean, to a point, you know, like you're not fucking wearing the Dracula cape and shit. You know, he doesn't have the, the uh, freaking... Kiefer Sutherland's got a mullet and can fly. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah. the style for the 80s, man. But it's it's still more like, I guess, semi-grounded to a point. A little darker. Not as silly. You know, they're not sleeping in coffins and shit, you know, so that sort of thing. I think it's a nice little kind they're of precursor to... Bro. It it reminded me of a nice precursor to Interview of the Vampire, you know, in a way. So, what the fuck? Are you <laughs> I don't know if we saw the Marco Smokey. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was from nineteen eighty seven, man. Bram Stoker's Dracula is more of a precursor to Interview with a Vampire, but okay, for the eighties, not bad, right? Yeah, yeah, still a solid film, cult classic. But yeah, aside from that. I also saw an older movie called Rush, which is a 2013 biographical sports film directed by Ron Howard. And in in line with my current obsession with uh, F1, Formula One race driving, it's about uh, two prominent race car drivers uh, and their, uh, their rivalry, Nicky Lauda and James Hunt. And basically... These two guys in the movie started off in Formula 3 and eventually get to play, or I'm sorry, get to play, get to race in, in Formula 1. And you see the inception uh, and the start of their rivalry and and how it, it, it drove their their careers. And, and like, it, it was like pretty fucking intense. Like, they just were always like neck and neck on the racetrack and it, it continued into like their personal lives and how they like talk to each other. James Hunt, uh, who's played by none other than um, <laughs> than Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth, he's he's this British F1 driver uh, who races for McLaren, who's just like very much living on the edge of life. Like he's 
He's a he's a playboy. He like is is he's a really good race car driver, but he takes lot, lots of risks and he gets injured a lot. And then you have uh, Daniel Bruhl, who uh, he plays Nicky Lada, and he's an Austrian race car driver who takes everything a little like too serious. He's more by the book. He he uh, he trains very hard for for every race. And he believes in like competition, but respect at the same time. And so this kind of contrasts James Hunt, and they they just sort of like take it out on each other on the racetrack. They almost get into crashes, and eventually. And this isn't really a spoiler because it's. It, I mean, it, it's in the trailer, and it's also like I guess part of sports history. It eventually uh, culminates to like a very bad accident that happened to Nicky Lada that like burned like seventy percent of his of his body. Uh, basically i don't know the exact figure but basically like his he got trapped in the car for like 60 seconds which this fuel is high octane and very like like burns really hot so like one minute is way too hot to be trapped into there and his his rise up from that accident and trying to get back in the courage to go back into racing and and how he utilized basically the, the rivalry and the competition in order to give himself strength to like get back into racing it's a it's a really well told story, and it does get Hollywood up a little bit with with the drama and stuff, and with with, with what these guys say to like their the the race teams and and their quips and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure they didn't say it like that, but it but it it works. It still works, and the, I I really like the way it ends. Not gonna spoil how it ends, but uh, I'm not sure how true that is as far as like what is said near the end and what happens to their relationship but for the movie i think it works and i think it, it gives like a, a nice kind of you know message that sometimes it's it's nice to have that healthy competition but don't get carried away and how it's it's fine to like respect your rivalry and and in a way sort of look up to them uh and i know this is f1 racing and it's a bunch of rich people like fucking racing super fast cars and stuff but it's th- it's still interesting the fact that i've really been into that f1 show that i talked about a couple episodes it, it kind of like again fits in line with that overall I-, I would highly recommend it it's free on netflix right now so if you haven't seen it check it out but aside that aside from that that's pretty much all i've been watching yeah that's a good movie um i don't know nobody see that one to me yeah we saw together. it together we'll yeah. that together. it's a good one that movie's good uh, in theaters especially yeah it's you know I love F one racing and the film did really well. Job. Yes. I thought they did a really good job with the um, the rivalry between Hunt and Lada. Uh, Lada was a, an amazing race car driver. I think he won like three championships or something like that, and he's mm-hmm. he played on both uh, for both Ferrari and McLaren. So those are two excellent teams. But in the film, I think did really well. And it was one of the first films that I think we saw that Chris Hemsworth had done that wasn't Thor. Because Thor was. 2011 right and so this yeah, is like just a couple like, of years afterwards yeah, years after. and so got to see him kind of do something different from what we just kind of saw him in with the the blonde highlights and everything so uh, and the blonde eyebrows so it was great to <laughs> to sure. see something see his range as an actor from that and then he did dark world and we're like oh what happened but that's a yeah different story so and it's, <laughs> it's interesting because i was going to save this movie for after i finished my show but in in one of the seasons and it's kind of a spoiler but whatever i mean not really because this happened in real life and nikki lada passed away not too long ago in 2019 yeah. and so when i saw that i was like oh man now i now i really want to watch rush and so I, that's part of the reason why i just went ahead and i was like i'm just gonna watch it now 
Yeah, Lotto's a great driver. Um, so yeah. that that film oh, yeah. I think does a pretty good justice for for that rivalry and the history between them. Although he was I, a, I think died a, pretty pretty young still. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Real life events, but yeah, a lot of was incredible. Like it, he was very much by the book, or at least in the movie he was. But it just made him such an incredible and calculative driver. Like the way he was just able to to just like really feel out a track and really like calculate like what he needed to do in order to like win the race so all right definitely all right so that is our mix of everything that we've been watching there let's get into now our review of the new m night Shyamalan film old no kids allowed on the beach what we never leave each other nothing separates us are we there yet you said five minutes Technically, it's been more than five minutes. Let's just all start slowing down. Wow. Can you believe I found this online? I guess it's not that secret a beast. Whoa. Who would leave this? From the hotel! They're so rusted! What's happening? Found stuff from the hotel in the sand. How quickly can that happen? Seven years. But she just died. Wait, where are the kids? Trent! Kara! Come here! Hey, have you seen my children? Mom? I'm, I'm right here. Okay, so let's get to it. Old. It's got a 57% Rotten Tomato score. It's about a thriller. Well, it is a thriller, sorry. About a family on a tropical holiday who discovers a secluded beach where they're relaxing but somehow it's causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives essentially to in a single day. This is directed by the great M. Night Shyamalan, who's also done recently Glass, The Visit, and The Sixth Sense. Uh, he also wrote the film. Uh, other films he wrote was Devil, The Village, Signs, and Stuart Little. So I let you guys know. Yeah, I did. I did uh, see something recently about him talking about Stuart Little and how he was yeah, he seen more of a writer for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Random. <laughs> the uh, film is actually based on a graphic novel called Sandcastle by Pierre Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters, and uh, it's starring Gail Garcia Bernal as Guy, Vicky Creeps as Prisca, Rufus Sowell as Charles, Abby Lee as Crystal. Nikki Amuka Bird as Patricia, Ken Lung as Jaren, Aaron Pierre as quote midsize sedan. <laughs> He's hilarious. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Kaylin Jude as Idlib. We've got the younger cast that are vary between different ages with different actors. We'll start with Alexa Alexa Swinton, who plays Maddox at age eleven, Thomason McKenzie. At, as also playing uh, Maddox at age 16, and an Embeth Dav- Davids uh, plays her as or plays him as an adult. Then we have a Nolan River who plays Trent, 
at starting at the age of six. We have Luca Faustino Rodriguez as Trent at the age of 11, and Alex Wolf as Trent at the age of 15, and Iman Elliott as Trent as an adult. And finally, Micaiah Fisher plays Kara, who's initially at age 11, and then as she gets a little older, Eliza Scanlon plays uh, Kara at the age of 15. So, as you can tell, age is a big thing, obviously. We've got the younger cast, and then the older guys are pretty much the same characters. But you get to see a little wrinkles on their face, so, you know, there's aging there. James, what do you think about the film? All right, so this one, it was this was a tough one because um, it took me, like, a few days to think about this, which I'm glad, like, I didn't see it, like, a day or two before, I guess. So, like, I saw this on Thursday night, right? And I ended up... Like, I, I, I left the theater, and I was like, I'm not even sure I like that shit, right? Because <laughs> I think it, it goes on too long. There's, like, uh, this, there's a lot of actions that happen that I just got annoyed with, too. But overall, though, then I just kept thinking about it. There's a certain scene that I really liked that I'll talk about in spoilers that's uh, very touching. And, uh, you know, I um, then I kind of read up on, like, what M. Night Shyamalan was trying to do with this movie. Like, yeah, I'm, I looked into it because I was like, what was the point of this, right? And right. His his explanation of why he made the movie like is very touching, so I was like, okay. And then I got to think about more and more of it, and I mean, I think it's kind of middle of the road, so for the most part. It's one of those movies that I think it's worth a watch, but I don't think it's necessarily the best M. Night kind of Shyamalan stuff. And there's, um, you know, there's more I'll talk about during spoilers, but for the most part, I thought it was pretty okay, I guess. And that's being pretty generous in my, in my terms for it, from what I'm going off here and a interesting uh, concept and i liked that i was like especially early on i was like i don't know what the fuck's going on you know so i didn't pick up on it until later and then it's like okay so but that's what i think so i'm, I'm pretty middle of the road on this one okay what about you marco what were your thoughts well kind of like james i gave it some thoughts and i saw it on a friday and after careful consideration, I didn't like it, man. Then not that's not to say there weren't things I didn't like about I did yeah. That I didn't like about the movie, but because the first three two thirds of the movie is really good. And then it's just that last act that is just like fuck. And that ending too. It was the last act for you? <laughs> they, pull, they pulled an M night. <laughs> yeah. like, it. It, it had an interesting concept, and it's almost like, wow, and now you're actually going somewhere with this. I'm like, all right, this is actually kind of cool. And I could tell kind of like what he was trying to say, like pretty much. Like the message is loud and clear what he's trying to say. And they, they even sort of like mention it during the movie. But, God, if you had just ended the fucking movie like 10, 15 minutes earlier, that's all you needed, man. That's really all you needed. You didn't need to go past that, really. It's almost so. like he wanted to. He's tired of people like that complain that he doesn't end his movies, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'll end it." Dude, for you. but man, you know? dude, he's he, he he's like fifty it's fifty over. on, it's on ending his much. movies, dude. I know. I know. Yeah, it's it's. No, 50, I agree. It's, I agree with you though. It's like split and glass. You know, one has an incredible ending, split, and then glass is like, ah, "Fuck, are you serious, dude? Are you fucking serious?" Uh, anyway, without trying to talk about glass if you want yeah to but um but, but going back to this movie red herrings in that yeah 
yeah. But going back to this movie, uh, I, there were some performances that were really good. Gal Garcia Bernal, I, I'm a huge fan uh, of him. I've been following his career for a while, and it was both thrilling and disappointing to see him star in this movie and, and be one of the leads. But at the same time, have it be this movie that that puts him at the forefront of a movie. Um, Rufus Sewell, I think, was really good as well, too. Like, he's he's always good in everything. Uh, and he's always good at playing a douche. So that helps. Uh, Vicky Crepes, Crepes, who played Prisca. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything, but she did a phenomenal job, too. And and her story is kind of tragic in the, in, in, in the movie. But, yeah, overall, like, man... Yeah, I just I the movie as a whole I didn't like. Were there things that I liked about the movie? Absolutely, but o- overall, like I, I just think the ending just kind of ruins it for me, and I'm just like, fuck, dude, what a waste, what a waste of potential. Hmm. What about you, Nabel? What'd you think? I mean, I I did hate the film. I didn't like the film. I'm the same. I'm kind of in the middle of the road. It it very good premise. I think he had a yeah. really good idea in there somewhere, um, but. I think it could have been better if somebody else wrote this particular film or co-wrote it with him more. Um, just to kind of, you know, there's a lot of uh, exposition in this film. Like, more than usual for an M. Night film. He really is trying to make sure you understand what's going on. Like it fucking premise. talks at you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's trying to make sure you don't get lost in the premise. Like, I get what he was doing, and he was trying to do it just to make it seem like it was organic, but it really, like, some of I, the, it's like, I it's think- spot on, you know? I think for that though, it's uh, I think he produced this whole fucking movie himself, dude. Oh really? See, and that's like, what it's I really think hard it is. for him to get funding for stuff nowadays. So, yeah. and you can tell, like, um, I mean, well, he's he's got a hit show on Apple TV, so I mean, fuck, maybe not. But I mean, he had this plan for a while. But I think if you look at it, I think he's like the one producer on this movie too. I, I so wouldn't be like surprised. Of, like he funded, he put up the money to make this movie, so it's like fuck, so. And he's he's he is a bit of a control freak from what he said before too. So I'm sure he was yeah. really trying to to make this his own. Um, but again, solid premise. The acting I think was good. There was nothing wrong with you know I like Gail Garcia Bernal. Um, so I think he was great. Vicky Krebs. She was in um, uh, Phantom Thread. Marcos, where we've seen him from. Um, so <clears throat> she's really good. Yeah. Um, and a of course, French actress. Yeah, and Rufus Sowell, uh, he's just amazing at everything he does. So when you yep. see him, you know it's going to get crazy. So, <laughs> I was it? like, he's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> so which was cool. He was really he probably was a standout for me in this film for sure. Um, and it was the irony because he's a doctor in this, and so it's it's kind of interesting to see where his character goes. Um, there were some questionable choices and scenes that he was showing. You know, he was trying to be creative with the camera work and over the shoulder thing and then not really focusing on certain people and then panning away from certain scenes that I felt like he really shouldn't even, like, if they did away with it. Yeah, I had done anything for us anyways. When um, it, especially the pan aways. It's just like, it, it, yeah. it's like, whoa, 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 there's still some shit happening there. What the fuck? Like, the over the shoulder stuff, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of cool. Like, you're, All right. you know, trying to keep it mysterious and stuff, but... Some of the other stuff, I was just like, okay, dude, chill chill the fuck out. I also really like the twist. <laughs> um, there's definitely like a villain exposition dump at the end of it to explain everything. But I actually twist. thought that was like, a, okay, I could actually see them doing something like this. Um, so I did like that. Although I didn't like how it the very end was, mostly because of who was... Um, who was at the end and, and what happened from it. I was like, uh, I don't know about that. But... but 
yeah, like I said, it was kind of middle of the road. There was there's definitely good potential in this film. He had something there. It just I feel like if he had maybe some more support from others and other input, it could have been a better movie than what it was. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what? True. So let's just talk about the whole idea. Of the, I mean, the premise of the film: death, aging. Um, let's talk about a little bit of what your guys' thoughts on it. How do you think that was executed, Marco? What were your thoughts on on just that whole premise? And how how he handled it in the film, on the the whole aging process. Yeah, I I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was such a really cool idea. The the fact that you know they don't know you know what's going on or how that's happening. The whole mystery behind it was creepy. Like that, I mean, that's obviously what what's drawing us into the movie is this mystery of why are they aging so fast? The fact that it was so rapid and and it's it's. It's kind of cool how the characters were able to calculate just how fast they were aging because, you know, you, you don't know if they would be able to figure it out or not. But it's nice to see, like, these are all pretty well-educated, smart people. You know, there's, e- there's even, you know, a uh, 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 precedent for that where the kids are asking people, like, hey, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And you find out that these, you know, these people are pretty well-educated. They could probably put their Exposition. brains together and explain this shit. So I liked that aspect of it. And... And even still, even after they're able to, what's that? He they they went to every character and asked them what their profession was like. But that's also explained to you. They already explained to you though that uh, Trent has a thing where he like. Yeah, I mean. It's yeah. a convenient, play, so. convenient plot that's, kind of. Yeah, device. but that's not an exposition. They're not like, "Hey, I'm a cop. Let me help you guys." Oh, I didn't even ask that, but okay. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry, but, sorry to me to cut in my. It's okay. It, it is kind of like very super convenient and just like word a lot of word vomit and stuff because he's trying to like fit a lot. But I, I was still kind of cool to see that you know they weren't you know super dumb and just like, oh, I guess we don't know what the fuck's going on. But uh, overall, yeah, I thought it was cool. It was, it was fucking creepy, man. Like, just to, even when they showed, like, um, people, like, because they would show, like, you know, people start to age and shit. And it was just kind of, like, fucking creepy. That was just, like, happening. The uh, the visual effects weren't that bad. I thought they were pretty good. Could have been a little better. But, you know what? I'm not going to complain. Yeah. The guy funded the movie himself. I'll, so, what do you expect? I'll say, for, for, what, for what you get, it's actually, there's even a bit of a body horror imagery near the end that I thought was... At first, you think it would look like shit, and I was like, "Not bad, actually. I'll take yeah. it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What about you, James? Any thoughts on on the theme there of death and aging? No, I liked it. That's probably the thing that I liked the most about it was that it's a it's a direct thing because M Knight wrote it about like thinking about his parents dying and the inevitable acceptance of death, and I think that's a really strong thing. It's something that I sometimes circles around in my head a little bit too much. I, I mean, even recently. So it's kind of one of those things where I think it was on a personal level. It's one of those things that, especially if you're older parents, I think it's something that, or anyone you've lost, it's kind of a thing that you have to deal with. And the premise of it all happening in one day, and um, you know, that's it's pretty intense. Like Marco said, it's creepy too. Like people are just dying, and then there's all these. And, and you know what? I will say this much about the people being smart. At least they try every option too. Yeah, because I hate when there's yeah. movies when I'm like, why don't you fucking try swimming or some shit? And then they did nope. it, and then an Asian guy fucking floats back, and I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like James, he's dead. By the way, you guys don't know, but he's from the show Inhumans. By the way, where he actually played a guy that like does water shit. So I was like, that's oh, kind of funny. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. so sorry, don't ever watch that show. But um, it was just like okay, and it's just um, 
it's hinted at early on that there's a lot of like issues with people and it's not just the death and aging thing it's also like what happens with death and age like things start going out like your sight and one of the characters goes deaf at the end and then uh people start getting a disease that maybe started out small but if it's an expansion of years and not treated it gets even worse you know and it's especially like mental health so and i really liked how they one of the characters we'll talk about spoilers is it's a reveal like he's not all there, and it's like, holy fuck, you know? Yeah. And what would you deal... How would you deal with that? And it's like... And I think they... For the most part, they handle the situations pretty well. I'll say that much. The the horror, probably, it's, the horror itself... Died, by the way, so... Like, the yeah. horror itself is the fact that these are real-life things that happen over the course of a lifetime. Yeah. You know? exactly. And it's just like, dude, like, this, this in itself, all of this is, like, scary aspects of life and stuff, too. And the whole kind of theme of like enjoying the little moments in between and stuff is what's really important yes. about life, you know, and not, not just focusing on all the bad, which but. I want to talk about in, um, yeah. Spoilers too. Yeah. I'll, I'll elaborate on that too, but yeah. I like that aspect of the movie. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's also kind of touch on the whole theme of the film. The fact that it's all shot on this beach. Um, they don't really go out of that for the majority of the film. Um, I don't know when he shot this film. I don't know if it was like more 2019. Shot it or during that. the pandemic, actually. Did he? Okay. Well, then yes. that kind of yeah. l- alludes to saying that this is probably a lead into more of a mm-hmm. metaphor of being trapped in quarantine in 2020. Right. He said technically he said it wasn't, but that he can couldn't hide away from the fact that it was on everyone's mind because I mean everyone's getting tested daily there too when they shot this film and um. I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard not to escape the metaphor of like right. being trapped yeah. somewhere where you can't leave and it's escaping. Um, I don't. This is so random. Have you guys seen the 2008 film The Ruins? Maybe you haven't, Bill. I think I have. Where yeah. a group of uh, students Mm-mm. are stuck in this Mayan temple and they're stuck yes. there the whole time and they can't yeah, fucking yeah. escape. Mm. I know you probably haven't heard that title in like fucking Ages. 13 years, probably. Yeah. But uh, it reminded me a lot about that. But that movie is really shitty because it's one of those movies that's trying to also be a super horror film at the same time it's just dumb yeah <laughs> but it, it, it reminded me of that a bit just the being stuck in a spot especially because they're all on vacation technically too yeah. like, well, mm-hmm. what are we doing here and the vines were taking <laughs> over but you know yeah i mean it's an interesting definitely interesting it was thing to compare it to also kind of like a reverse fountain of youth only instead of a fountain it's the beach instead of making you young it makes you old kind of <laughs> yeah, well right. not necessarily the beach but that that particular area that pocket they were in you know well i will say just speaking about like the whole themes of everything they they put this in this in the trailer so i'm not going to go into too much detail about it but there was a scene there was two scenes that stood out to me but one i'll bring up in in the spoiler but specifically there's a scene where you show one of the character as pregnant and i don't want to go into how that happens or whatever happens after the fact but i will say after this nibble yeah, I, I feel. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Uh, how how does baby make? Sorry. I find it very interesting that first of all that happened. I don't know if it really added anything to the film, but just more drama. And I feel like if you took that scene out, it wouldn't have done. You know, like we would have moved on, no problem, because mm-hmm. uh, they do kind of move on from it. Um, I think it's kind of like the curiosity of children that are in bodies that they're not familiar with. I yeah. guess. Right? I think that's part of what you were saying. Like he kind of leaves no stone unturned, right? Like there's every scenario you like would everything think that's gonna happen there. Yeah, he yeah. makes sure it's it happens so you can see it play out. And I just thought that was like I, I appreciate him panning away during the the delivery of the baby. But I didn't want to see that either. I was like, like, please no. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. a bit a bit much. 
Any any scenes stood out to you, or any you know whether it's good or bad, James, that you you felt like was really memorable? I I do want to talk about one, but I I, I can't talk about it until spoilers. So I think I know which one you're going to say too, because I kind of like it. Yeah, if it's the same okay. one. Anything for you, Marco? Yes. I mean the I agree with you, Nabil, that the the whole pregnancy thing was kind of creepy and stuff, just because you know the, these are you know kids trapped in like older bodies and stuff like that and they don't know what the fuck's going on and it's like you know they're just you know there there's a line where they say they have all these thoughts and feelings going through their through their head all at once that's kind of fucking creepy you know to to think back of like when like you were going through these changes and stuff like that it was over the span of years and for them like it's over the span of just a few minutes you know it's just kind of fucking creepy to like to to go through that to go because they were like what age six five or six mm-hmm. and yeah, all of a sudden like f- almost five or six right he says i think in the beginning yeah and in a matter of hours they're like 10 years older and it's just fucking it, it's crazy it, it's he did a really good job at, at giving making you feel that anxiety and that that kind of fear because like you're like oh shit like you know what they're going through but they don't know what they're going through and that makes it scary so <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I will say I remember tight I remember tight, <laughs> tight uh, swim shorts <laughs> oh god what is he talking about so I, I will say that from uh, from an acting perspective the young actors you know especially the ones that are older mm-hmm. like Thompson McKenzie and like Luca Faustino and Alex Wolf they play the characters they, they have to play them in the mindset of like a child of, of like, like a five year old, 11 yeah. years, a five year old, right? And that's they do a really good job. I believe that. You know, oh, yeah. You, man, Alex Wolf can't catch a break, man. Him, uh, hereditary, now this. I'm like, can this <laughs> kid just have a happy life? <laughs> fuck, man. Jumanji, oh, man. too. I'm like, fuck. Yep. Just let him fucking have a normal life. Fuck. Just a fucking downer everywhere. <laughs> but it's just. He's <laughs> crying in every movie, bro. It's the next Tobey Maguire. Not a heartbreak going on. <laughs> no, no, he's. He's the next. Uh, oh man, dude, who plays Professor X? Oh man. Oh James my Mc- God, <laughs> James McAvoy. <laughs> James McAvoy. Yeah, that's funny. Cries in every movie. He's getting there. He's that's yeah. true, actually. So. But but like that, the, the acting was really well done. They they were able to keep it, and I I felt like I believed that they were young kids in adult bodies. Yeah. I, I gotta say that M Night seems to be really good when he picks his actors for his movies. Like he yeah. always. Outside of the happening, I guess, in the last Airbender, <laughs> those two crosses out. But I mean, everything else, he's he's he always usually picks really good like people. Yeah, Which actually, no. by the way, he did choose James McAvoy for Split. So he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, I just just remember. <laughs> God damn it, he knows how to get that. Hedwig, scene, remember Hedwig guys? That was Hedwig. Marco's thing for like three <laughs> years. Guys, want to listen to my radio? <laughs> Sorry, I like that movie a lot. It was good. It was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, just a side note. Every time that trailer would come on, Marco would start <laughs> laughing in the theaters. You like would. it was just the trailer. I'm like, bro, people are looking at us. <laughs> it's an inside joke. No one else knows. I, I, yeah, I, would, like, I screenshotted the fucking trailer, and sent it to James. <laughs> uh, one of the best characters in M Night history. All right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> All right, let's let's go before we go into spoilers. Let's talk about our reviews and what we uh, are uh, are rating for the film. Uh, James, what would you rate this film? Um, I would give this one three stars. It's probably a movie I actually would rewatch probably. And yeah. there's enough in it that I like that I recommend. I don't think you have to rush out to see it in theaters, but when it does come out, I do recommend uh, taking taking a look at it. And especially if you're an M Night fan, there's quite a few people like that. I think it's worth a watch and for your consideration just to 
watch it with the open one, I'd say. So. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, what would you rate this film? I would go two and a half stars. It, yeah. I I would probably rewatch this movie, maybe. But ah oh, man, that that the ending just ruins it for for me, man. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I give it a three stars as well, and I kind of feel the same as James. You know, if it's an M Night film and you're into those, right? Then I'd say that this is worth a watch. Um, otherwise, if you're if you're not an M Night, it's uh, it's still a good film. It's the concept worth watching, but you're you probably won't be as uh, into it. All right, so that's our uh, our non spoiler review of Old. We're gonna go into our spoiler section in just a moment here. But if you haven't seen the film yet, or you want to give yourself a chance to see the film, come back a little bit later um, to hear the spoiler section. Otherwise, skip ahead a bit, and we'll tell you what we're gonna be watching next. Oh my god! I just wanted to borrow a cup of sugar! What a twist! Alright, so now that we're in spoilers, real quick, I do want to bring up the scene that I've been yep. trying to talk about. I like the scene a lot where um, the kid's parents, Guy... It, everyone's dead by this time, by the way. Right. So Guy and Prisca are just really old. Guy's lost his uh, sight, Prisca's death, and the kids are there, and they all kind of share like this final moment with each other. Yeah. I thought that's like the most touching scene. Oh, in the it whole was. Movie. It was very touching. It's very touching. I was like, "Oh shit, they nailed this scene, man!" However, they mm. did that. It's at nighttime. They're like making. They're making sure their parents are warm. They give her the blanket, and they even bring up like I don't even remember what we're fighting about because you know, as you guys know, they're arguing. They're in the middle yeah. of like a separation or divorce, and um, that it just kind of shows you. It's like the metaphor and the message is like at the end of. By the time that you're about to die, or throughout life, the most precious moments are things with your family and people that love you. So, I yep. thought that was great. All the little shit in tunes I, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, and that he even says it. Uh, uh, guy played by uh, Gal Garcia Bernal is even like whatever it was. I don't even care anymore. And truthfully, yep. that's how life is, man. Like you get yeah. over things, and it's one of those things. It's just heartbreaking to see that it takes them to the very end. You know, where they're just falling to, apart to realize it and trying to hold on. Uh-huh. I thought that was um, very touching. I like that one. Mine say I thought you were going to say um when uh, the uh, the brother and and sister are building the, the, sand, the, sand the sand castle. castle. I yes. thought that was yeah. just like they're That's just That's my second scene. I was like, "Oh man, like because they're they don't know if they're going to make it." They're yeah. Like, it, and and there's at this point there's still like kids inside, you know, and and they decide to give themselves one last happy memory before they go out and possibly like die trying to get die, the fuck out yeah. of there their their last their last shot and they they've decided that you know live or die they're going to try to fucking escape this area and i thought that that was so touching and and the the camera angles and everything that M Night used as they're building the castle and stuff it it kind of like it's really like brings the kid out of you you I know think, i think all you hear is just the waves crashing and then patting down the sand too yeah. i think that's exactly. probably the best yeah. shot scene too yeah, and it 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 goes into the, the theme that the whole point, like you know, life is so fast. It in, in in the grand scheme of things, in like the universe and in life, our lives are but a day compared to like you know everything else you know that exists. And oh, it's yeah. it's true. Yeah. Like we're everything is gone like so fast, and it, and it flashes before our eyes. And I felt that that itself was part of the horror too. It's just like holy shit, like. Why am I wasting my time being mad at all this shit? Like, why not just, like, enjoy life, you know? All right. Yep. Yeah. And I think they do a, a good job conveying that by the end, too. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yep. Sorry, I just I, want to bring those up before you get into No, no, that, stuff. that's Maybe. that's all very good points, and um, I kind of agree the same thing. There's even a part where... Um, I think it's I think it's Maddox that might have said it, or maybe it was Trent who I, I think actually it was uh, Trent who asked the question to his sister as you know the older selves of like if they think that other adults like still play with sandcastles, you know, as because their kids doing it and they're yeah, and it's he asked like, that right before they go, yeah, right, and like in that sense of all, you know, like you guys are saying that you should be able to still enjoy life and do kid things even if you're an adult like it shouldn't be a thing that oh well you're too old for that you should be able to enjoy life the way you feel like is the right way and yeah and you know to appreciate those moments um yeah yeah definitely um but you know one of the things we haven't talked about and we'll talk about here is the whole premise of them getting stuck on a beach and being old like what did you guys think about how I guess the reasoning behind it, I, I they don't really explain it's too much about it. I yeah, guess it's, it's kind of. Well, they kind of describe. I think it's Ken Ken Long's character pretty much again on the nose. Something about uh, magnetism, and then I think Trent. That's all speculation, though. More technically, yeah. right? Because I, I still don't even know if that's fully the reasoning. I'm like, like yeah. I th- it, did you guys think they were gonna build something real quick? The kids when they I were, thought like, they were gonna get like some down. kind of suit of armor, and like he was. I thought saying, they were gonna use the bags. Remember the bags of food? I thought they were gonna put yeah. them over their heads or some shit and try to run through that fucking. Also, barrier. the food never spoiled. Nobody questioned how quick, how that food just kind of <laughs> stayed like that forever. They said it was something. Well, just like the hair and nails don't grow. Remember, they're like it's because they're dead i don't fucking know that doesn't make any Just sense then. i don't know i think it was uh because those those were mres and i think they oh they were oh, yeah. shit, you're right yeah. they were mres they were. you're right yeah oh shit i didn't even that's why they're in those bags they're mm-hmm. uh they're all like uh frozen and shit or uh, yeah. uh freeze dried yeah i mean those things are built to last like for a oh, while and that's I mean, why we... he's like why did you give us so much food and the guy's like mm-hmm. uh, well, by the way the guy's m night shamalan drive from there Kinda yeah hilarious. that's him <laughs> yeah <laughs> His cameo. <laughs> I think he's cameoed in every single one of his films except oh, yeah. for The Visit. Almost all of them? I don't think he did The Visit. <clears throat> I don't think he's in The Visit, but I know he's he's definitely in fucking uh, Signs. He's one of the yeah. main oh, fucking yeah. characters. Basically, yeah. But I, I think... Sorry, Reveal, yeah. though, where they make fun of it because he kills the wife, remember? Yeah. Yeah. And then in Scary Movie... In Scary they Movie, he's like, can I get a ride? <laughs> <laughs> And she's pinned against the thing. Hey, do you mind giving me a ride? <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring it up. Every time I see that, I'm I love like, those fucking, fucking movies, dick. dude. <laughs> so random. <laughs> she's literally pinned. He's like, hey, man, do you mind if I get a ride after this? Like, what? He's oh. still fucking wasted, too. <laughs> Uh, sorry, <laughs> no fucking shit. Movie three, right? Yeah, yes, uh, it is. That, that, movie three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one has one of the best intros ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> he cuts off the wrong leg. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> oh shit! Uh, this is nothing. To do with fucking, sorry, sorry. We'll, we'll okay. We should we should fucking do those movies. Sorry, anyway. The scary movies franchise. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think it's the rocks also to build, but I mean, that's one of the things that I had an issue with is just the fact that why, why explain it? Like I, I would have loved if they just kept it unexplained. I know a lot of people probably would have had an issue with that. I, I don't like give a fuck. Complained. I don't give a fuck. Man. 
They would have been like, I don't know what's going on. It's so confusing. I don't know. Like it, it just it, if they just would have left it to where okay, if you want some have him escape, escape. But just like holy shit, that's scary. So it's just that beach. What is it? Is it the food? Is it what is it? You know, like I think that would have been scarier. But the fact that they trying to like expl- hint at it, but then they come full circle. It's like fuck. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't <laughs> Anything's better than what we fucking got. A fucking pharmaceutical company? Really? Fuck out of here, dude. I thought that was a good Which premise. Which makes... No, it does Nabil. make sense, though. I, I kind of agree with oh Nabil a little bit, Marco. I, no, dude. I don't like how they blatantly show it out, like, now we know the curious, but it actually does make sense, like, how they do it. Yeah. I could see a and pharmaceutical company. D- there's a lot of hints in the beginning of why they're all there, like, oh, yeah. I don't know what this all about, so... Means Johnson and Johnson, right? But she, oh, see, in the bill, that's exactly oh why. Like, God. real talk, dude. It's just like there's, there's, there's real fucking research and real shit. Like, I have friends that work in micro- microbiology, dude. That like, right? Fucking... So they would do this because they don't have to do the trials. It accelerates it up by like a whole oh day. God, they can do a can, whole. There's a thing called fight. It's not. It's not. It's not a business. Nabil. It's. It's. There's ethics. I mean, just because a business would do it doesn't uh, mean like. So, Every ethics when you're solving business, epilepsy bro. in like freaking you know one day. <laughs> That's true. Okay, maybe the actual companies themselves. Yeah, okay, they they probably <laughs> would do that, but yeah, dude. Yeah, the companies <laughs> would be like, yeah, we're making money. This is quick. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it, it just it, I don't know. It, it puts a bad stigma on like medical science and shit like that. You know, it's like, dude, we'd all well, be fucking dead. Well, that's the point though. They want you to feel bad. They want yeah. you to feel bad by the end of the movie, right? They, they also want you to, want you to feel a bit conflicted up, because, like, the whole the whole thing at the at the end where the uh, the head executive guy that was there basically said, you know, moment of silence for trial was seventy six or whatever it is, and um, for the people that sacrificed our lives in the name of 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 the science, and then they were like. But we were able to now for the cure epilepsy Patricia. for the seizures, yeah, yeah, for fucking at least for a good twenty years, years or sixteen years, yeah, like that? yeah, like, like Jesus, that's a big accomplishment. And so you're you're kind of conflicted on that sense, saying, I think that, honestly, I think that if they made it voluntary and they told people that had like um, terminal diseases, <clears throat> they might want to take on to the experiment. Um, that's how they is well, done in real life, by is. the way. Yeah. Nabil is of course, you get asked. Volunteer. Yeah, yeah, but you know they don't no, want no, people to know about this island. Not at a, not at like it. There's nothing. This is obviously part of the fantasy of all. They can't yeah. find out in a day if it's gonna work though. They're gonna they right. have to do it for years, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point. It's like they were, they would have never been able to test it out and see if it worked without testing for 16 years, and something else might happen. Right. So that's kind of the whole thing. So. Yeah. So I mean, but I do think that obviously ethically, it's it's. I mean, it's oh a yeah, horse. no, terrible. It's so yeah, killing people. Do it. Not to mention, they mix the mental patients with it, which I was trying mm-hmm. to mention earlier. Was like uh, Rufus Sewell's is like I'm, I'm assuming like schizophrenic <clears throat> or so. Or Rufus? No, he was. Uh, he had Alzheimer's, I think. He, it was yeah, was or Park. Yeah, I think it was Alzheimer's. Something like that early yeah. onset, but then he just stabs the shit out of mid-sized sedan. I was like, good god! I mean, he was after them. He was protecting the crew. I was like, sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you saw him. That's he was the attacking. reason why. Yeah, yeah, I think that he went wild. I, like, I think oh, also part of the ethics too is that they were mixing company, as in like not everybody there was terminal, like the kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that I think was kind of questionable too in that sense. It, and they and they make a mention of it, saying you know we shouldn't mix in the the groups, and there's like got to talk to corporate, you know, <laughs> send it up the chain. But yeah, heard that. Yeah, that seems like to be kind of a 
a bit of a question. Like, you shouldn't have people that would have been able to otherwise live normal, healthy lives. All right, so let's let's just see. I mean, M. Night's done quite a few films. We kind of mentioned a few of them already. Um, where would you feel like this ranks between the rest of the films? James, What? What? how do you feel this is kind of placed in your M. Night anthology? It's like Middle Road, like I said. It's not like, like I said, it's not his worst movie. That's probably the happening in... <laughs> I don't even know if it's The Last Airbender. I rated that decently. I that is a terrible wow. film, James. Wow. That um, should not have been made. Hey, you didn't even finish it, bro. So how exactly. You That's how bad it is. You don't I know. finished you don't know. films. You I don't know. know, sir. I know. Um, I'd say it ranks up there in like, the middle half of stuff, probably between like Lady in the Water and shit like that, which yeah. on repeat viewings, I actually liked better than when I first saw it. Okay. Stuff like that, I would say. What about you, Marco? I would say but probably... Lower middle half, I guess. Mm-hmm. It has some really good concepts. Uh, the like I said, I like the acting. Um, some of the dialogue, yeah, is a little hammy, but it still works. It's just that ending, dude. It just don't. I, I don't like it. I don't like the bad stigma it puts on medical science. It's like, dude, fucking calm down with that shit. Anyway, uh, the happening is still probably his worst movie. I haven't even seen or attempted to watch the Last Airbender. I don't think I ever will. I've been told many times to stay away from it, so. Yeah, probably like lower middle half, I'd say. Yeah. This this is probably one that'll probably get better with like more views. Like, cause even like James, I agree. Like, Lady in the Water. Like over the years, I've kind of appreciated that. I um, hated that when I first saw it, but then the more I, the more times I've seen it, I've I understand. I think I have a better grasp of that concept of that film too, and what yeah. it's really trying to tell. And I'm like, oh, okay, I was just dumb back then. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's smart for his own good. That's what he is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't mean, even I, know it was like a fairy tale is what I'm getting at. Right. Like, what a yeah. fucking the story stupid. he was told. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. I would rank this film uh, top tier on top of a Sixth Sense. Best film ever. No. <laughs> Do you uh, think the Sixth Sense is his best movie? I don't no, think that's his best I, movie. I think it is, it is probably the one that he's most known for of all the films. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily his best film. Um. Yeah, I, I mean it's middle of the road though, right? Right there between Lady of the Wa- Lady of the Water, in the water. Sorry, um, just right in that area. So it's okay. But I do agree. I think if I gave it a couple more views, I'd probably appreciate it even more. It's I still think it's an excellent concept, like a very smart idea of a film. Um, just didn't. I'm almost have intrigued to there. check out the graphic novel. Like I wonder how. Yeah, that's a good point. That might be something worth reading. Uh, anything else to talk about? Anything else that stands out for you guys for the movie? Uh, I will say, actually, the uh, the surgery they perform on Prisca is really fucking creepy and just. It was right. It was, I it liked was, it though. It, it was, was tough cool. to watch. It was a cool scene though, yeah. and you it know, was the size nasty. of a cantaloupe. Yeah, which like, by the way, it was getting uh, bigger. Oh, yeah, not to be a, a downer or anything, but I mean that usually means it's spread to the lymph nodes. So, kind of unrealistic there, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. M Night, I'll take it. It's fine. I guess I had to show it. I guess they were just like, hey. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's our review of old. Uh, and that is the end of the podcast. Podcast number 104 or 104. I don't know how you guys want me to say it. <laughs> uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Feedback, response, reviews. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Please rate us, review us. Man, we're still at 4.6 stars. 
try to just. I don't you even know. know how that score is possible, but okay. Yeah. Write a little blurb. Help us out here. Let us get back to five stars. Um, keep commenting. Keep sharing. Keep liking. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. Thank you for giving us a shot. We hope you stick along with us and tune into the next episode. Definitely. And that next episode is going to be episode 105. I think we have a special guest coming on that one. But that is going to be the long-awaited new James Gunn film and DC Universe? Question mark? The Suicide Squad. So until then, guys, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.